So anyway, I just wanna, as we look back on this past year, it's been an amazing year at our church. We've seen so many people's lives change. We've seen many come to Christ and know him as their Lord and Savior. We've seen many baptized. We've seen hundreds join our church family. And uh, I just wanna say thank you to all of our staff and volunteer teams and church members that have been so faithful to serve and give and sacrifice to make that possible. I also would be amiss not to give praise to our Lord and Jesus uh, for all that he's done. Let's give God a hand for what he's done in 2021 as we look forward to 2022. Uh, for those of you that are new today, I'm not Dr. Bobby Lewis. I'm Pastor Matt Mercer. I'm the assimilation pastor. I actually help welcome new guests. Now, for some of you that have been around, I get worried about you sometimes because sometimes you get Mike Floyd and Kevin Cottrell confused. So I don't want you to get me and Pastor Bobby confused. I don't recommend going up to him next week and saying, you know, good morning, Pastor Sweet Cream, like he calls me sometimes, okay? So anyway, hey, thank you for being here. I look forward to this message today, and I hope that you can receive uh, something from it. So as we look forward to a new chapter in 2022, our hearts are full of enthusiasm with so many exciting possibilities that we have in front of us. As many of us have been stating on social media, 365 blank pages we have in front of us. As a matter of fact, this morning there's more like 363 of a story to be written. We have hopes of a new start, a fresh beginning. Some want to learn new things in school or for a job. Others want to start a new business venture or make an addition to your current venture. Many of us look forward to a healthier future, a renewed relationship with God, and doing great things for his glory. Advancing the gospel, going on a mission trip, becoming more faithfully committed to a small group and serving at church. We want to make an eternally positive impact on the community and those around us. Some of you want to have a new relationship with Jesus Christ, and that can happen today. You want to learn more about the Bible, possibly turn over a new leaf in some of the relationships that you have. Some of you want to step out in boldness and have more influence in areas of leadership and take that next step. There are practical things we want, like a remodeled kitchen, a new automobile, a new car, right? A new toy, develop a new skill or talent, try some new adventure or hobby. On one hand, there's something in us that is so looking forward to this new year and all that it has to offer with the new beginning. Yet on the other hand, most of us are walking out of a past where we're just trying to survive, heal, take the next baby step, piece things back together that have been broken and hold our head above water. We're down, depressed, struggling with frustration and possibly doubt. No matter where you are today, I want to challenge you with an inspiring passage from Isaiah 40, to wait on the Lord, to be God strong in 2022, to understand his amazing greatness, to apply his unmatched wisdom, and see an impact that's only by his awesome power. Stand with me as we read together in God's word. We're gonna be in Isaiah chapter 40. 
And as we read today our key passage, we'll stay in Isaiah 40 quite a bit, so keep that chapter open because it's going to be our supporting verses most of the time. Let us read together in Isaiah 40, verse 27 through 31. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. Let's pray together. Dear God, we come to you today, and I thank you for everyone that's here in our presence, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you're here with us right now. I thank you, God, that you would speak through your word. We pray for those that are watching online or on social media, God, encourage their hearts today. Many are sick and hurting at home and couldn't be here with us, Lord. We pray over them. We pray for healing. We pray for strength and encouragement. I pray, Lord, for Pastor Bobby and Miss Cindy. I pray they would have a wonderful day of rest that's well-deserved. Bless our pastor. Bless his leadership. Thank you for him. Lord, thank you that you would speak through me today. Not my own words, but what you want to speak, Lord, as we prepare. We love you, God, and thank you for everyone here. I thank you for what you're going to do through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you ever question God? Maybe not directly, but indirectly. It says in this passage, it starts out, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? Some of you are questioning where God is in all the mess, all the chaos, all the struggle. Where are you, God? Do you see me down here? Have you forgotten us? Have you forgotten me? Do you see what's happening? Evil's winning. Our nation's falling apart. Everything seems to be upside down. Our kids aren't getting the experiences that we got as, as children. They're missing out on things that were a normal part of our childhood. Wrong seems to be rewarded. And doing right seems to be punished. The majority do not value absolute truth. Whistles are no longer relative. Just checking to see if you're paying attention. <laughs> I apologize, I've digressed. We are no longer making forward progress. How long am I gonna to have to go through this, God? Are you thinking and speaking like those in Jerusalem that felt like God was overlooking them and treating them unfairly? This anticipates a people that is questioning God. And the writer's response is, have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. Isaiah has just spoken about all the greatness of God. If you read the full passage, and I would encourage you to do that, the first 26 verses speak often about the excellence of God and the power of God and the greatness of God. And he's saying in verse 28, really? After you've just heard this, after all you know, how could you even question my God's excellence and greatness? 
that I've just shared with you. See, the first thing I want you to see is to be God strong. In these moments of questioning, we must recognize the greatness of God. Gary Kuzik says, there's nothing greater for a believer to do than to study and know their God. There's nothing greater for us to do than to study and know our God. Verse 28 begins with everlasting God. Often when I'm tucking in my daughter Maddie, she's eight years old, to pray with her before she goes to bed, she says, Dad, I just have one question for you, which is sort of tongue in cheek because it often leads to several questions, which is a lot of fun. She often asks the question, questions that are caused for deep thought on how to respond. She throws some zingers at me that, quite frankly, stump me at times. At Christmas, she said, Dad, so Jesus was God and born in a manger. And he is the God, the Son, right? She said, but when was God the Father born? Where was he born at? I said, Maddie, our God is eternal. He has no beginning and no end. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Her wheels were turning and mine were too. She said, but who created God the Father? I said, great question, Maddie. I said, our God is self-existence. He needed no one to create him. He is God, the everlasting God. It's, it's absolutely mind-boggling and amazing to think about. And throughout chapter 40, he talks about several ways that we see the greatness of God. In this verse, he says he's the creator of the ends of the earth. In Isaiah 40, 25 through 26, it says, To whom then will you liken me? To whom shall I be equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things, who brings out their hosts, the stars, by number. He calls them all by name. By the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one is missing. Recognize God's greatness in his creation. Recognize God's greatness in his sovereign rule over all the earth. He refers to him as the Lord. Another word for the Lord is master, ruler. Behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand, and his arms shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work is before him. Recognize God's greatness in comparison to the nations. I want you to see in Isaiah 40:15, it talks about, behold, the nations are as a drop in a bucket and are counted as small as dust on the scales. Look, he lifts up the aisles as a very little thing. All the greatest civilizations, all of the greatest, most powerful nations are but a drop in the bucket to the greatness of our God. They're but dust on the scales. Think about that. It's amazing. God is so great, there's not a sacrifice large enough or good enough for, his, for him and his greatness. And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor its beast sufficient for a burn offering in Isaiah 40, 16. Lebanon's forests were trees represented the best the people had to offer. They symbolized prosperity because they were these huge, massive trees, and the wood was really good, and they could make all kinds of things out, out of them, and it didn't decay very easily. And so he's saying, you're bringing to me your best of Lebanon's forests, but that's not sufficient enough of a sacrifice for the greatness of your God. Even our very best really doesn't match the greatness of our God. 
Recognize God's greatness in comparison to the fulfillment of our idols. Look in chapter 40, 18 through 20. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare to him? The song we sang at Christmas at Grace was what a beautiful name. And I love the bridge where it says, he has no rivals. You have no rival. You have no equal. You have no rival. You have no equal. There's no one like our God. No God like him. Does any... Does he have any rivals or equals in your life? Are you living all of life for God's glory? Leveraging the things in your life to love God and love people? I love what Brian Thomas often says, Pastor Brian Thomas, our student pastor, he says, Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Our God is better. No idol, no thing that tries to fill our life that sometimes we worship compares to our God, it can't fulfill you like our God can. Recognize God's greatness in comparison to the greatest and most powerful people on earth. Any president, any dictator, any wealthy business owner that can take themselves to the moon, any actress or actor or superstar or person that you think is great, they're nothing in comparison to our God. He brings princes to nothing. He makes the judges of the earth useless. The princes and judges are supposed to be the most powerful people on the earth. It says he will blow on them and they will wither. There's no one like our God. Recognize God is greater than any problems. In Isaiah 42, 40 verse two, he tells Jerusalem, her warfare is ended. You see, Jerusalem was in the midst or about to head into a time where they were exiled and, and there was constant warfare and they were, one, they were gonna wonder when it ended. And he said, tell her, her warfare is ended. What is it that you're facing that seems like a conflict that will never end? He can speak to the winds and waves and they obey. Recognize the greatness of our God compared to our problems. I heard a pastor talk about one time a line from J.I. Packer and he said, big God, little problems. Big God, little problems. If we're viewing God the way he is, our problems are minuscule in comparison. But if we see big problems and gaze on those things, then God gets smaller in our minds. Big problems, little God. Big God, little problems. Most importantly, recognize through this chapter, he is greater than our sin. He goes on to tell Jerusalem, her iniquity is pardoned, says the Lord. Praise God we serve a God that is greater than all the sin of mankind. He has pardoned our sin, our sin and declared us not guilty. Isaiah 40 verse nine says, behold our God. That means to gaze intently at our God. And as you do, you will become stronger. First, to be God strong, we must recognize the greatness of God. Next, to be God strong, we must apply his wisdom. Remember Isaiah questions saying, do you not know, have you not heard? Isaiah had just shared in the first 26 verses the greatness of our God. Do you not know? He anticipates that the people have the head knowledge, but they really trust in God. He knows they've heard what he said because he just shared it, but the question is, will they believe? Will they believe and apply the unsearchable riches of understanding and wisdom of God? That's the same question for us today. 
The question is not whether we know the right things most of the time, but whether we will submit to the Lord's leading, obey and apply his wisdom to our lives. Verse 28 closes with his under, understanding is unsearchable. His understanding is unsearchable. To be God strong, we must apply this understanding and wisdom to our lives. What is wisdom? My pastor for many years, first 10 years my wife and I were married, Pastor Phil Jones, and I worked for him for four years. He said wisdom is seeing things from God's perspective. Wisdom is seeing things from God's perspective. I define it simply as understanding the knowledge of God or the Bible and putting it into practice. Understanding the knowledge of God and putting it into practice. And here's where I got that from. Paul prayed in Colossians 1, for this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, there's the knowledge part, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. So you see, we get the knowledge, and then, God, and then he's saying, walk in it, that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. This is the goal of Grace Christian Academy, to lead students to Christ, to assist parents in doing that, Build them up to their full potential with a biblical worldview where they see all of life from God's perspective and then send them out to serve him. That's the goal of our children's ministry. Pastor Matt Harrison's just come on board and he's gonna be planning out the biblical worldview, that wisdom we wanna pass on down to the children and help equip you to, to pass on down to your children from, from birth to sixth grade or fifth grade and then he's gonna pass them off to Brian Thomas at GSM, and then to Mike Floyd with 18 through 25 year olds, college ministry, GCM, and then to our grace groups and Pastor Bobby. And what we're trying to do through all that is pass on this knowledge that we internalize and we put into practice, right? <clears throat> Think about the level of God's understanding, knowledge, and wisdom. It says, who has measured the waters in the hollows of his, of his hand? Measured heaven with a span and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure. Weighed the mountains in scales or the hills in a balance. Who has directed the spirit of the Lord? Or as his counselor has taught him? I can tell you, no one. With whom did he take counsel? Or who instructed him and taught him the path of justice? Who taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? No one. Maddie continues her nightly questions just a few days later, and she says, so dad, you mean to tell me that God knows the number of hairs on our head? And I said, yeah, Maddie does. And she said, where does he keep track of that at? Does he have like a piece of paper? And I said, Maddie, our God is so big, he can keep track of that all himself. And it really is amazing to think about that God knows the numbers of hairs on our head, the measurements of how much water and the size of the heavens and the amount of dust on the earth, let alone a room this size, the weights of the mountains and the hills. Wow, his understanding is unsearchable. Our God is all-knowing and all-wise and we must apply his wisdom in our lives. He knows us. He knows what's best for us. We get to go know God's wisdom by first getting in the word. Pastor Bobby spoke about going through the reading plan for 2022. Now I missed last night, G Genesis 1 and 2, preparing for this message, but I'm going back today, and I've challenged my family to join me, and I would love for you to join me. 
and slowly reading through God's word this year. You can get that on our Grace app, the 2022 Bible reading plan would be a great way to do it. In Joshua 1, Joshua says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. I'm sorry, Moses is telling Joshua this. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Isaiah 40, 6 through 8 says, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. Amen. His wisdom says in our text, Isaiah 40, 29, he gives power to the weak. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says something similar. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. It goes on to say, for I am weak, you are strong. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. The reality is some of you here today are going through some of the worst circumstances you could possibly imagine. Yet you are God strong or can be God strong because you're walking in God's power if you're trusting him. God is your king, eternity with the Father is your home, and his love for you is your security. You understand that he gives power to the weak and to those who have no power, he increases strength. On the other hand, some of you have it all together by the world's standards. But the honest truth is you're frail, you're weak. Deep down you know there's something missing. You have all the things this world has to offer, but if you don't have the peace and power of Christ, you're really empty-handed. In Isaiah 40, 30, it continues, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. People, even when they're supposed to be at their human peak, when they're young, when they're youthful, when they're teenagers and college students, even those folks are not really all that strong. Our strength and stamina are limited. The word faint means physical exhaustion in this verse. We get weary, which means life's trials simply wear us down, don't they? We get tired. Young men utterly fall. Man in his best efforts cannot save himself or produce spiritual fruit. You see, God's scoreboard is different than the world's. His wisdom is so opposite of the world's wisdom. Think about this. God says give. The world says curse them. God says bless them. The world says look what you could do with 10%. God says test me in giving the 10% in this time and then some and I will open the windows of heaven and bless you. The world says do what's best for you. God says do it for my glory. The world says give them a piece of your mind. God says be slow to speak and when you speak be full of grace and truth. The world says, live with your partner before you commit, just to make sure. God says, wait, get married first and experience true fulfillment in that relationship. The world says, when you have it all together, you're strong. God says, when you are weak, you are strong. You see what I'm saying? But those who wait on the Lord, waiting is one of the hardest things we could ever have to do. God has taught me deeply about waiting several times, and I'm sure he's taught you. In 2000, my wife Angie and I were married. In 2001, after about a year, after being married about a year, we decided not to prevent having children. The next couple of years, we did not think much of it. I was teaching and coaching, and she had a, a, a business, and so we were just enjoying one another, enjoying ministry, and uh, those we were serving and, and what we were doing just uh, together. So. We bought little outfits and dreamed of having kids, uh, but you know we didn't really 
uh, prevent having kids, but we, we weren't really um, trying either. That dream seemed to be coming to a halt in 2005 after multiple friends and family members that were married after us began having children. Uh-oh, there may be something wrong. We were really getting worried and the trusting was not so easy. Now we were waiting very impatiently. Unaware of our situation, inevitably someone would ask, hey, when are you having children? And I would go, oh, because I knew it would cut to my wife's heart. By late 2005, we knew something was wrong. Medical professionals began running tests on both of us, which was humiliating and often embarrassing. Angie and I came to a place of complete brokenness in February of 2006. I remember that day 16 years ago pretty clearly. Angie came home, she walked in the door absolutely broken and sobbing. She brought home a picture of an ultrasound and it had a little circle on it with an arrow and, and, and the, the medical professional, who I wanted to rip his heart out at the time, had a picture and he said, that's why you'll never have children. Now he really wasn't the problem. He was just letting us know what was going on. I rarely cried, and at this point I've been fine with not having children, but on this day I lost it too. She brought home a picture of the ultrasound and, and the special explained to her that she, uh, we wouldn't have children, as I said. That day I wrote a journal and many verses about, children, about waiting. I cried out to God on behalf of my wife. During the months that followed, he taught us so much about waiting and trusting him. We came to the place where, as Henry Blackaby says, we had no will of our own. We wanted what God wanted. We knew what it was, or we knew that the desire was a godly desire. It wasn't ungodly or unbiblical. But we asked God to fulfill it how he wanted. God, if you want to give us biological children, we praise you. If you want us to adopt, we praise you. And we started that process of looking into that. If you want us to just you know, remain without children and, children and just serve others in ministry, then praise God, we'll do that too. While waiting, God used Charles Stanley and his Life Principle Bible to give us encouragement. Principle 14 said, God acts on behalf of those who wait for him. God acts on behalf of those who wait for him. The definition of waiting that I came up with during that time was waiting on God is earnestly seeking God with the confident expectation that God will perform his perfect will in his perfect way, in his perfect timing for your good and his glory. God, waiting on God, is earnestly seeking God with the confident expectation that God will perform his perfect will in his timing and his way for our good and his glory. 15 years later, we're celebrating the anniversary of God bringing a breakthrough. On July 4, 2006, the waiting ended. Angie announced to the family, miraculously pregnant with Cameron Isaiah Mercer. This month, we will celebrate his 15th birthday. Isaiah 64.4 was a verse I would repeat. Even though waiting on a baby was not the meaning of the verse, I hung on to the last part of that verse. No eye has seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him. And of course, Isaiah 40.31 that those who wait on the Lord, he'll renew their strength. So his middle name became Isaiah. Did God teach us in the waiting? You betcha. Did he take us through the refiner's fire? No doubt. 
Would he have been just as faithful if he did not answer how he did with three amazing kids, Cameron, Caden, who's 12, Maddie, that's eight, and a goddaughter, Vic, 26, as well as many other kids we invested in through the years? Absolutely, he would have been. I wanna be clear. There have been many times in the waiting God has not given us what we thought we needed. But these moments have never defeated us. They've only defined us and our relationship with Christ and been spiritual markers that we can hang on to of his faithfulness. God wants to write your own beautiful story, interwoven with the valleys and the victories for his glory. It may not always be the way you envisioned it or dreamed it, but it will always be best if you wait on the Lord. Can you relate? What are you weary from waiting on today? I'm waiting on you fill in the blank. I know there's so many unique needs in a room this size in regards to uh, health and finances and family and relationships and getting over a loss or working through a loss, your career and your personal dreams. What are you waiting on today? Say with Habakkuk, and the way Angie and I had to say when we had no children, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the field lies empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. For the Lord, the joy of the Lord is my strength. We must apply God's wisdom. His wisdom says wait Earnestly seek him, trust him no matter what the circumstances. Be still and know that he is God. When you do, he will perform his perfect will in his way, in his timing, for your good and his glory. That's not just wishful thinking, folks. We have Christ in us, the hope of glory. We have an eternity to look forward to with Christ where there's no more tears and no more sorrow. To be God strong, we must first recognize the greatness of God. Next, we must apply God's wisdom Lastly, we must be powered by the strength of God. We can't grit our teeth and do it in our own strength. Isaiah 40 verse five says this, all flesh, man's strength if you will, is like grass and all its loveliness is like flowers. The grass withers and the flower fades. We must move forward in God's strength, not our own. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. The phrase shall renew your, your strength is the idea that is God is continually renewing our strength day by day, moment by moment. He wants to infuse you with energy and strength from on high. The power of God himself, the Holy Spirit inspiring you with physical and spiritual stamina to live out the Christian life and ultimately overcome anything you face by his grace and mercy. Local radio and TV personality Halloran Hilton Hill, say that very fast, H3, I guess that's why they call him that, was speaking at a leadership conference several years ago. And he said this, you have to have energy to lead. You have to have energy to lead. And I thought, that's so true. You have to have energy to lead. If you wanna lead with godly, eternal impact at school, at your house, at your job, in the community, in service to the Lord, it takes energy and strength, doesn't it, moms? And grandmas, and God promises to supply that for us as we apply his wisdom and wait on him. But those who wait on the Lord. We have a beautiful picture here. It says, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. Moses uses the phrase, eagles' wings, 
in the books of, book of Exodus when he's uh, talking about how they were freed from Egyptian bondage. And it says in Exodus, and Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain saying, you've seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings. That same terminology, and brought you to myself. God questions biblical answers, states it this way, which I thought was good. The prophet Isaiah uses wings like eagles in the same way, attributing the great characteristics of eagles to those who have remained faithful to God and look forward to their heavenly reward. The phrase mount up is the translation from the Hebrew that means to go up, ascend, to go over a boundary. Isaiah is communicating the promise that God will provide renewed strength and courage to overcome obstacles. Christians today can apply the principle of Isaiah 40:31 by trusting in God's sovereignty and waiting faithfully for him. God in his grace will provide power, strength, and courage to the weary, the weak, and the downtrodden when they are willing to be patient and wait on him. God will cause us to mount up with wings like eagles. Life circumstances do not have to determine whether we mount up with wings like eagles and soar. Age doesn't have to impact our energy. Pastor Frank, our Grace Adults and Grace Legacy pastor said recently when I asked him about this part, he said, it's about energy. God's given me energy. I feel as young as, and energetic as I did 30 years ago because God supplies my strength. It's not determined by circumstances or age. A true eagle himself, legendary football coach, Ken Sparks, Carson Newman Eagle, who had the privilege of playing for in 1997 and 98. There's a movie that's coming out about him this week. I hope you'll see it. I look forward to it. Coach Sparks would huddle us up, and he'd say something like this. Men, that scoreboard doesn't define you. It's what's in the heart. It's what you've done along the way, right? It's the heart. Anybody that's been around him knows, knows that he says that often. He was explaining to us that everyone would look at the scoreboard to determine how we play, but that God was more interested in the process on how we got to the score. And ultimately, our hearts to see whether we were successful. The idea is the outcome would take care of itself if we were faithful to the right process. The same is in, it's the same in the Christian life, right? Most of the time, we can't control what's happening in our lives because that's ultimately in God's hands, as you know. But we can be dependent on him for a response that is equivalent of soaring above the circumstances. Quite frankly, many of us are far from storing like the eagle. Some of us have stopped dreaming, nearly stopped believing. We're crawling along, limping, moaning, complaining, stuck in the mud. Some of us are so weary in the waiting, we are understandably broken, hopeless, frustrated, and possibly even bitter because you haven't, quote unquote, done anything wrong. But life's trials have been sovereignly allowed in your life. Divine disappointment, as I like to call it, has come. God loves you so much and wants to lift your head and touch your heart today. I believe he wants to remind you of his promises now and the eternity to come. In closing, let's look at, at, at uh, verse 31. It says, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You may think the order's a bit odd. First, they're soaring and then they're slowing down to a run, and then they're walking. 
but that's no, by no accident at all. We trust Christ and we have renewed energy like never before. We're soaring towards a future heavenly home. We slow to a sprint. Oftentimes, the Christian life is referred to as a race. And then we slow even more to a daily walk. The day-to-day, when nobody's around, it's the mundane routine that seems to go unnoticed. I want to suggest to you this morning that in order to soar, you must faithfully walk. In the tough times, in the normal times, in the routine times, in the less attractive times, in the testing times, in the messy times, in the losing and possibly in an all-out losing streak. The walk is messy, the walk is slow, the walk is tiresome, it can even be boring, if you let it be. But the walk is where our hearts are really revealed. This is where God's strong comes into play. That's where his power is made known. That's where you find the really good stuff. In closing, I want you to see, in order to be God strong this year, you must recognize the greatness of God. You must apply the wisdom of God. And you must be powered by his strength. Isaiah wrote a prophecy of coming judgment in parts of chapters one through 39. But in the 40th chapter, he begins to talk about a hope that's coming, a comfort that's coming, a relief that's coming. God wants to comfort those of you today that need it. Isaiah 41 says, comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned. Some of you have been waiting a long time and things haven't changed. First of all, I want you to know that you're loved more than you could ever imagine. God has not forgotten you. God's not forgotten you. It's part of your divine story. Don't give up. If you trust in him, he'll use it for your good and his glory. He is refining your character to bring an even more intimate relationship with him more than you can ever imagine, ask, or think. He's going to use you again. He's even going to use this obstacle standing in your way to help others through the obstacle. As Casting Crown states in their song, Be Held, your world's not falling apart. It's falling into place. I can't promise you today that your circumstances will change, but how our heart and mind view them can. You can be renewed today. You can experience new strength again and again. You can begin to walk and run again for his glory and even ultimately soar above the circumstances. It's time for healing, church. It's time for purpose and hope that abounds. Waiting on God is like waiting on nothing else. He's the God of the impossible, as Pastor Bobby talked about a couple weeks ago. He's the God of the run. He's the God of the walk. He's the everlasting God, our creator and sustainer. He is totally trustworthy. Draw near to him today and be ready to be transformed. He's not done with you yet. Greater things are yet to come. Greater things will come in this city and in this church, in this nation, in this, and maybe in your grace group, in your home, in your school, on your team, in your marriage, in your family, at your job, and in our communities. Come on, church, let's go. It's time to rise up and soar. It's time to be God strong from the inside out. We're blessed to be a blessing. God has blessed us in this place so much. Some of the greatest moves of God are not what we can do on our own, 
but what we can accomplish together as a body of believers in the local church. I want to encourage you today to join our fellowship or be a consistent part of a local body. Even if it's not here, if it's a Bible-believing church, get in church. I think it will be one of the greatest gateways to spiritual growth that you've ever experienced. But for those of you that are already plugged in and actively engaged, I don't believe God wants you to soar just so you can look good and get the credit or just so you can experience individual blessing. Although I think in his goodness he does that too. I believe God has given us prosperity of resources and changed lives because he wants the local body of Christ to come together in all her weakness. And also all of her strengths and talents and gifts that he's given us by the Holy Spirit to do something that can only be explained by him and him alone. God strong is about what we can do together as we come out of tough circumstances and face difficulties as believers. Dream new dreams and new visions for the glory of God. To see the gospel advanced and hard to reach and possibly currently unreached places like our Grace Go partners in many places. By good old fashioned recognition of God's greatness, study and application of his word, which is his wisdom, and in God's awesome power, we will move forward, God's strong together. What if, Grace Baptist Church, we're the catalyst for revival in this city? I believe it's already started. Look how many people we're dunking in water each week. Look, look what God is doing to save people's lives and equip people. Hope and healing for our nation is in our reach. God's fame spreading to the part, farthest parts of the earth through grace go and the equipping of the saints living out daily lives, salty and light. Are we willing to be set apart, a holy people? That's what it means to be holy, set apart. Not self-righteous, just set apart. God used me and all my weakness used me to show people how to love church, how to live, how to work together, how to respond, how to worship, how to heal, how to lead, how to serve, how to give and forgive. I believe that's what God's called us to. We weren't called to go at it alone. This isn't just Pastor Bobby's responsibility. This isn't just the pastor's responsibility. This is mine and it's yours. It's all of us coming together. Let's be God strong for God's glory forever and ever. Right now is the time for invitation. If you've been listening today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I don't want you to leave here today. What better way, folks, to start 2022 than for somebody to give their life to Christ? Amen. The name Isaiah means Yahweh is salvation. Our God is salvation. In Isaiah 53, there's a prophecy about the coming of Jesus Christ. And I want you to think about this. It's hundreds of years before Christ comes, he's writing these verses. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Jesus came, he went to the cross on your behalf and my behalf to heal us from the devastation of our sin. A sin that brings eternal separation from Christ. To give peace with God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He who knew no sin made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness, righteousness of God in Christ. He took all of our worst and gave us his best. Whatever, what better way than to give your life to Christ? For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any, anyone should boast. We are saved through faith alone, 
in Christ alone, by his grace alone. Faith is simply believing what God said is true. What did he say was true? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. It's faith alone. In who? Christ alone. Jesus said while he was on earth, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We can't get there except through Christ. Faith alone in Christ alone. And it's by his grace alone, just because he loves you. What makes Christianity so much different is grace. Undeserved, unexplainable, indescribable, amazing grace. Come today and give your life to Jesus. We'll have pastors and counselors right over here. Just come and say, I wanna be saved. Some of you today need to deal with sin. It's been hanging on. It's hanging on today, and you just need to come and lay it before the Lord to experience freedom this year. Some of you are broken from the waiting. Wait on the Lord. Come to him this morning. Begin to deal with that and hand it over to the Lord again and again and have people come around you. Some of us are lethargic. We're no longer soaring. We're not God strong. We're complacent. We need, renew, we need renewal. We need God's strength. Some of us need to come and just thank God and seek God about what he has in store for you and your family. What does God want you to do in 2022? It starts on our knees this morning. It starts in our hearts, bowing before him, returning to our first love. So as they play, you come. I'm gonna pray for us, and then you just come and lay this year before the Lord. I hope this message in some way has spoke to you. You deal with how God is leading you. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you for your goodness and faithfulness. I pray, God, that whatever needs to happen in the hearts of our people today, it would. I thank you. Looking back in 2021, we say thank you, thank you, thank you. You've been too good to us, God. Lord, let us take that blessing and be a blessing to others. Lord, let us be a good steward of it. I pray for our church. You keep us unified. You keep us strong. This morning, you do in our hearts what you desire to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for watching us today. God is doing absolutely amazing things in and through our Grace Baptist Church family. If you'd like to share anything the Lord is doing in your life, feel free to reach out to us through our website or our app. And if you're ever in the Knoxville area, come by and worship with us and our family of faith here at Grace Baptist Church.